Welcome to Amusement Sparks, the amateur theme park design podcast. This is the Season 2 Remodels and Renovations episode, so the wrap-up of the past five parks. We're going to be going over this with multiple different guests. Um, my first guest is here. He's probably uh, the most frequent guest on this show. Actually, literally. I don't know why I said probably. Um, Nick, why don't you uh, say something? Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's wonderful to be here as always. And, uh, you know, I just want to say that uh, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to really explore our psyches together in this, uh, you know, this format. It's, it's, it's... <laughs> that was awesome. You got immediately like NPR. I was like, ooh, this person is well educated. Uh, you were on our season one, episode four, which was the Scooby Doo's Mystery Town, and you're also. Season two, episode, oh, what was it? The, the last one we did, Tree. Um, yeah. so, so you've been all up on this show. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like both of the episodes you've been on were kind of like uh, marked a change for the show, like within each season. Like Scooby-Doo's Mystery Town was just like, oh, now we know what we're doing. Like this is, it's all about, you know, like guest agency. And then when we got to the Tree one, it was a totally original idea where we were like, I like the idea of just kind of, I'm just burping something out. <laughs> I was like, that's such a good verb. I just I burped it out. I, I actually use burp a lot for a lot of different situations. It just means some kind of output, but it's it's very, very, it's like a fun kind of adventure timey, like just a cool way. It's like, instead of saying output, say burp, <laughs> you know, it's like burping it out, bro. You know it. <laughs> that's going to be a whole thing now. People are going to be like. Yeah, I have to, uh, I've got to burp out some homework later. And, uh... Hashtag burp it. <laughs> hey, Zane, say hi to the people. Hi to the people. <laughs> Perfect. I power to the people. Yeah. I wish them well. Oh, nice. I will be a benevolent dictator. <laughs> um... <laughs> Excellent acceptance speech. Thank you for that. <laughs> I'd um... like to thank the Academy for my <laughs> ultimate power. And you might res- remember Zane from being on the Survivor All In episode, and also from his fantastic work on the Carton cast. Uh, thank you. I'll let Wendell go first this time because I think I went last time. Wendell, <laughs> hello, hello to all you listeners out there. Um, thank you for having us back, Andrew. It really is a pleasure to be here. And hello to everyone out there. I mean, we are the guys from Saito Sam Theater. I will let we'll talk in a moment. I am Wendell. I am one <laughs> half of this beautiful brain we call Sideshow, and <laughs> um, yeah, we write Halloween music every year. Uh, we appeared on this show recently uh, to talk about uh, Green Hill Manor, our third album, which is all based around a theme park, um, so we are a perfect fit for this podcast and can't wait to talk more about it. And yes, I am Will, and I am the left side of the Sideshow brain, I guess, or the right <laughs> side, I don't know. I don't know how we'd figure that out, but uh, yeah, it's an honor to be back. Uh, We had a blast on the last Amusement Sparks episode that we were on, and uh, yeah, it's really cool to be able to come back and and continue the fun. Visit the world of your favorite Disney afternoon cartoons. Travel by boat, plane, or molecular manipulator to explore Gummy Glen, Duckbird, Cape Suzette, and St. Canard. There's something for everyone in the Tooniverse, from ropes courses to roller coasters, to solving mysteries and flying with the latest VR technology. Live the magic of after-school cartoons anytime you please at the Disney Afternoon Tooniverse. My friend Tyler had a really cool idea. was like, during those transition parts, when you're switching from one small part of the park to a different one, we should have, like, commercials playing during that area. So it's like a commercial break switching between the shows. (laughs) (laughs) Because this animation block, you know, they're aired back to back to back with just a commercial in between. So it'd be kind of funny if there's like a, you know, there's like a chip uh vending area and so like you hear a commercial for chips as you're walking by and then you hear like a commercial for like toys and there's a toy store right there and then you get to the next area it'd be kind of fun if we set it up almost like we could set it up um with like a time theme to it like this area of the park is the four o'clock area and then this area is four thirty, and then based on the animation oh, block yeah, yeah, yeah. they're blocked oh yeah. my gosh that's so fascinating that'd be weird but it'd be kind of fun if there's like that a is- specific progression to it that is interesting because that's also something that I picked up on when I was listening to the episode. There was like talk about like the transition between the different areas. Mm-hmm. And I I can't remember exactly, but like at one point it was like, oh, like transitioning from Gummy Glen into like the city and like is there like a ride or like some way of getting you from one place to the other? Yeah. And 
I thought that that was so fascinating because, uh, humble brag, I was in Orlando <laughs> the, this past week. Oh, I know. Uh, That's awesome. If anybody wants to kiss my hand, uh, you can find me. <laughs> I did both. I did Disney and Universal. Mm-hmm. And I exited Harry Potter, which was basically the only thing I cared about <laughs> at the time. And I looked around Universal and it was, you know, there was like a slight bummer factor, like being like, oh, there's Simpsons land, there's New York, there's Mm -hmm. uh, Men in Black, you know, like, yeah, it's not connected. There's no there's no combining like connection between the things. It's right. Yeah. Even though like when you're in, I think Harry Potter does it the best because it it walls you off. It's a Mm -hmm. citadel fundamentally. Yep. And so, like, you can't really see anything else, so you can kind of have that immersive experience. Mm -hmm. But I I did like that idea of transitioning and making the transitions, uh, which you said it in the podcast, and now you've said it specifically now. Mm -hmm. Like, like really creating, like, a nice transition so that you're not at one point just, like, standing and being like, oh, there's that ride and there's that ride. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not seeing, you know the Hulk from Poseidon's Adventure. Right, right. That kind of messes up the immersion factor. But yeah, did you have anything you wanted to change or, or like, renovate about what we talked about in this specific episode? Uh, the only thing that uh, I also have to add was the gummy bears thing. You guys talked about a zipline course, and the only thing I had to add to that was not only is it a zipline course, it's also a bungee attached to the zipline. So you're not actually like zipping through it. You're <laughs> bouncing. Whoa. Through it. That's a really fun idea. Combining a zipline with a bungee. Yeah. So you're crazy. going through this like obstacle course and then you're, you know, like beforehand, they give you some gummy berry juice or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course. No, your idea is awesome. That sounds really fun. I kind of want to yeah. just try that in my backyard. Like. Just get some elastic and hang it from a zipline. That sounds great. Cool. Is there anything else you want to add to the Tooniverse? There could be a cool, like, aerial stunt show, like, a la Blue Angels that you could see over a lake or something. Yeah, that'd be really cool, especially if you stylize the the vehicles to look like ones from the shows. I feel like you could have a really cool Darkwing Duck stunt show. Oh, heck yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, That's awesome. I love that. And he's got all those gadgets. Like, you could have all kinds of excuses for, like, why is there a guy dangling from that you know, helicopter and just a duck gadget. No big deal. Did you have any specific thoughts about this one? Do you have memories about this specific cartoon animation block? I know you and your brother talk about cartoons a lot. <laughs> you know, it's weird how much of a blind spot this is. Cause mm-hmm. like, Oh, we run a cartoon podcast and these are some of the biggest cartoons from like late eighties, early nineties. And I just have seen like none of them. <laughs> <laughs> I've I mean, seen Darkwing Duck. Mm-hmm. That was one of your early episodes, wasn't it? Yeah, that was like the worst audio ever. <laughs> I, I will lay out a challenge right now to Gary. I I dare you to convince me that these are excellent shows. Wow. The gauntlet Laying has been thrown. Dang. Holy moly. Uh, Gary, if you're out there, oh my gosh. Wow, how are you going to report? No disrespect. <laughs> I, I love Gary. No, you're totally um, right, I, though. I I feel like most people have much more fondness in their hearts for the Disney animated features of of this era, you know, starting in the late 80s, going in through the mid 90s. That was like a a huge boom for the animated features. Um, But yeah, but then again, there is there is a certain maybe alternative crowd that's really into Disney afternoon programming block. Like that being said, I like the idea of a theme park based on them just because those those cartoons are so kinetic. Um, but they're still fairly grounded. Like, you know, it's people jumping around and, like, going on rope swings and going into boats and trains and planes and stuff. It's not, like, superpowers. Yeah, well said. It is very kinetic. And as opposed to, like, a feature film where there has to be a big overall plot with, you know, uh, character development and all the important tenets of a successfully animated feature, they kind of have... It's It's a lot more cartoony instead of an animated feature. You know what I mean? Like... Uh, every episode is more about like wacky adventures and like a lot of side characters making return visits. It's more of an ensemble kind of show. The fun is the primary purpose, and that's what lends itself to an amusement park. I, I think what I like uh, about it is the perspective, because mm. a lot of these shows have sort of a top-down, you know, you can see the entire setting and their place inside of it. So the idea of like a virtual reality cockpit Ooh. Where you where you fly around and like can 
like with live stream of the park and uh-huh. like see what everyone's up to. That's amazing. It's not not in a creepy spy <laughs> way, but just <laughs> yeah, that'd be really cool. Even if it's just kind of like um, you know, maybe there is a track way up high of cameras that can kind of move around the ring, so you can. It's like changing your perspective in relation to what you're doing with the controller. You know, if you push the controller to go north, the little camera up on the little pulley system way above the park moves in a north direction. So it looks like you're actually moving. There's absolutely so much story that would just be crawling around this park, I think, because... Oh, Easter eggs everywhere. Easter eggs everywhere, because there's so many characters in all of these. You know, like, (laughs) like if you wanted to list all of the characters from Aladdin, you could do that really easily. But like, if you want to list all the characters from... DuckTales, it's going to take you forever. You're going to have to call Gary and he'll like fill you in on all those like obscure characters that you had forgotten about. Um, so I think that there's a lot of potential for for kind of obscurity, obscure like hidden stories and just story being told all over the place. And it can be in really short bursts as well. Um, those series lend themselves well to a short episodic adventure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So those can happen on the course of every single ride. It can be its own separate adventure. It wouldn't yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think the that forced perspective that you mentioned, Andrew, I think well, that, that's just very Disney anyway. So that the idea of, of shrinking in size is, is fascinating. It's what fascinates me about this park. I think one thing that was true for um, all the, the episodes that you did this season, and particularly this one, was just the technological aspects and the technolo- technological potential of each park. And I think that's what I yeah. liked about this one, like the idea of, of changing, not necessarily changing size, but it feels as such when, when you enter each land. I think that that is something that could be, could be uh, you know, taken to just a, a huge level and i'm actually surprised that it hasn't been done already maybe they're working on it so <laughs> this need this park needs to be made now um but yeah, yeah. I, I think at least for for this park technological aspects but also i i like the idea of all the the transport that you have you know the um the vehicles the the vr cockpit that they mentioned i think it's something could, something else could be done with that, but at the same time incorporating that force perspective into one of the rides or the attractions as opposed to just like a, a quote-unquote land by itself. And I, I look at everything as storytelling, especially in a park. One land has to flow into the next at the same time as have contrast. I don't know how I'm going to follow that, but... <laughs> Add to it. <laughs> that was cool, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is what I deal with on a daily basis, ladies and gentlemen. So, <laughs> Well, I think for DuckTales, and this is just me being selfish more than anything else because I'm, I'm a huge DuckTales uh, fan from way back when I was a kid. I'd love to see an indoor swimming pool, but kind of where the, where, the, where the indoor area sort of recreates Scrooge McDuck's vault – Somehow, some way through projection effects or, you know, I mean, it's Disney, so they'll, they'll find a way. But you can dive into his money vault. Of course, it's water because you don't want to, you know, hurt the kids or whatever. But uh, I think that would be awesome. I think that would just be my childhood fantasy, like, you know, plus to 100. So I always wanted to see what it was like to swim in just a pool full of coins. That seems so awesome. I love that one. It's got my, like, nostalgia going pretty great. Um, but I was thinking maybe for the, the walls in the bottom of the pool, they could have like a lenticular image of coins. So it looks, you know, depending on what angle you're standing at, the coins kind of glimmer like they would in real life. And then you could also like on the surface of the water have like lasers measuring how, how displaced the water is. So, you know, if someone does a cannonball, it would play a sound effect of like coins getting like scattered everywhere. Whereas if someone just kind of does a little splash, then it'll play like a coin, a sound of coins like shuffling around. Like it would, it would play different sound effects depending on how much you're messing around with the coins. That'd be really fun. You basically just uh, pitched it perfectly. Well, thank you, Will. And uh, while I'm redoing my audio here, I've got one more thing to add to this park. Um, I had an idea of basically experiencing the difference in scale between like humans and like Chip and Dale. I thought it'd be really cool if in one part of the park you go into a regular store in like Duckburg, for example, where everything is, you know, human scale. It's like a regular shop. Uh, Maybe it even sells souvenirs. But then later in the park, when you're in the the Chip and Dale area where you're really small, you go back in, you go into um, 
a very similar looking shop except your Chippendale size. So everything is huge. But it looks like the exact same shop. Like the same merchandise is on the shelves. It's just blown up to huge size. So you get to experience it from Chippendale's perspective. And then another time in the day, you get to experience it from the human's perspective. And you can see like, oh my gosh, look back there behind the counter. There's that little door that we entered when we were Chippendale size. I think that'd be so much fun. I like the idea of having a perspective of two different sides, you know, and, and not just that, but for the whole family, like the idea of adults remembering what it's like to be smaller and children's, yeah, I mean, I think children dream of that. I mean, <laughs> if you look at any of these, um, any animational cartoon, Dragon Ball Z, pick, pick any one. It's all about becoming bigger and more powerful, and more, you know, you know, <laughs> so it's, that's interesting. It's always time to duel at the Yu-Gi-Oh! Duelist Kingdom. Ancient dark mysteries are around every corner and behind every tournament. Control powerful monsters by battling for victory if you want to uncover the secrets of the Egyptian gods. This park is overflowing with games, puzzles, and mystery. Unlock your true potential to become the ultimate Yu-Gi-Oh! duelist. At some point you can make your own cards? That'd be awesome. We didn't even talk about that. You could have a ton of art assets just kind of like laying around and yeah. then you know grab one that, that tickles your fancy and you can come up with a name for it and come up with what its ability would do that'd be kind of interesting and the other side of that is that there are like yeah like coming up with what it can do Mm -hmm. there are parameters so it's not like you can make a card that's like destroys everything boom (laughs) you know like you have to so like you have to make stats that are reasonable Mm -hmm. and therefore you have the ability to be like oh like this guy has more stamina yeah. And therefore, like, this plays into my my skill set. Like, I like to, like, ride a battle out and be able to make it through it. Or I like to get it over quickly, so I want more strength. I want to just, like, bash his cards out, you know? That's a great idea. And that's something I'm really into as someone who's a, a big fan of card games in particular and always have been. Like, I really like seeing how the games are balanced, if they are. Or, like, mm-hmm. um, basically paying attention to how do the game designers make it so that each new set is fun to play but also still pretty well balanced. Um, that'd be a really fun thing to kind of teach kids about. Like you've probably never thought about this as a consumer of this card game, but this is what we think about when we're designing them. So now you try Mm -hmm. to, to follow these core tenants and these restrictions and see what the coolest card you can come up with is. And maybe they'll use some of those, you know, in an upcoming series or as like a a prize at the highest level tournament It's like you get our, you know, the best cards that have ever been made at this park. We're going to do a special print run for, of them. And you can have, you know, a sheet of those cards or whatever. That'd be yeah, cool. that would be crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. a fun idea. That's a really simple one, but it's really cool. The park was based largely around playing games with really high stakes, which is also what the show is based around. So it, it kind of translated nicely, I thought. It seemed like that park could be a season of the show almost. The high stakes is a really interesting aspect of it. Like, you know, if, if you go to an amusement park and you play one of their games and you lose, like, oh, you know, you spent a little money, you didn't win the prize, mm-hmm. whatever. Here... You're sent to the shadow realm. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, you lost this game. We're going to take you to the dungeon area of this amusement park, and you have to get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really fun. And, and there's some kind of fun uh, mechanical ways you can represent score that way. Like, one of uh, Will's ideas on this, on this episode was, it was based on something from the show that I hadn't seen, but it was a four-way match, and each person was on their own, uh, like, elevator basically and as you gained points you went up and as you lost points you went down and when you got to zero you had a sudden drop like a drop zone kind of attraction where you fall like really far underground and i think that'd be so much fun to play like i wouldn't even be paying attention to the game i would be like ready and like bracing for impact like getting ready for the drop when i get defeated um taking bets really on fun. who gets banished <laughs> right the nice thing about this is like that feels very tense and high stakes and mm-hmm. some people like that yeah. some people like a more relaxed thing and like watching these battles you know clearly it sustained an entire you know anime series and yeah. sequels um watching them can be pretty entertaining you know in and of themselves and if the audience can like have some sort of impact on things like like you got to work the crowd because the crowd oh, can man. you know change the environment or throw an extra monster in or something. That would be awesome. Getting like a pro wrestling kind of angle going. Are you not entertained? <laughs> I think it would be thrilling to just watch. Like to be a parent who has never seen the show and you're like, I have no clue what's going on, but this this kid keeps losing this game and it's really funny to watch. One thing that that caught, caught my eye when reading the synopsis of this episode was was the ghost trick haunted house and parade of course i saw the word haunted house and immediately launched all over that so um i i think 
because it's it's something that I that I thought would work well in in Green Hill Manor. I just didn't know how to incorporate it. But at least as soon as I saw those words and thinking about this franchise, it's I I, I did get an idea about it. I like the idea that that Ghost Trick is is you know kind of call it what you will a, a compound noun. You know, it's two words put together. What I wanted to do is have kind of like a. Um, I suppose I could call it a gauntlet, but a, a gauntlet of mirrors. If you had a gauntlet of mirrors, and again, this could tie into the points and tournament and leading up to something, but maybe you could have it so you run down a gauntlet and mirrors appear, you know, tricking you all the way. And you're you're not just one person, but you're in a team. You know, there's a team of players with you. But maybe you have like headgear, you know, like going to some kind of, you know, laser quest or paintball event. You know, you all have the same uniforms and outfits on. So you're tricked not only by your own mirrored avatar or whatever you want to call it, but you're tricked by the other people around you as well. Um, of course, pe- people will be of different sizes. But again, you know, you can play with mirrors and have, you know, skinny mirrors as they call them and fat mirrors. So I think that having that kind of gauntlet of mirrors and having mirrors come out and have it being super dark and super scary, I think that might work really, really well for this this idea. Because then it ties it, you know, it doesn't really tie it into the cards, but it ties it into the show a little bit. And I think that that could be something interesting. That gauntlet of mirrors sounds awesome. I think uh, to make it a little bit like scarier, maybe we could use kind of the snapchat technology that they use for their filters where it like turns your face into something else we could get the park guests face as they're walking through the mirrors like there's like hidden cameras that capture their face and then we can like digitally manipulate it to transform so maybe they look at a reflection like they come around a corner they see themselves but then suddenly their face starts to like kind of transform which that's like a big or not a huge part but a a part that we talked about in the original episode where you could kind of henshin, which means transform into like your more powerful self, kind of like how Yugi turns into the Pharaoh. So that'd be really cool if you could show the the guest's face actually transforming, you know, to be a little bit darker, a little bit scarier. And, you know, maybe their hair changes and they have like glyphs written on their face. They, they could make uh, it really interesting. It'd be really cool. We're just playing with perspective this episode. Um, <laughs> but you, yeah, you could have some kind of... Um you know, mask maybe that has points on it. Like you, you were talking about Snapchat filters. I think that's a really current, the technology could be used to great effect with that, you know, and then through that, that's how you, uh, it, that, I mean, that could also get, get you around the size issue of people being a different size, you know, that it could really mess with you. Of course, the, the mirrors would have to be some kind of new technology where it's safe and people don't just run in to them. Maybe there's something to that. I think that, and that plays back into the name as well. Cause it, cause it's, it's, it's literally ghosts you know what you think of is real but essentially ghosts around you in in the reflections but it's but it's a trick at the same time so i think that that name inspires so much (laughs) welcome to survivor all in a theme park featuring all the best aspects of the groundbreaking tv show modified to your comfort level compete in physical mental and endurance challenges to earn points and advantages in the game participate in votes and use your team efforts to advance further Learn to be a survivor by building a shelter and scavenging the park for resources and hidden immunity idols. The top performers are featured on official park footage and can win big. Do you have what it takes to be a survivor? So this is based on the you know reality TV show Survivor, which I'm super, super into because it's on Amazon Prime and we're just chugging through them right now. Are you familiar with Survivor? Well, only in the pop culture sense. Like I know of it and I know like the basic tenets of it and mm-hmm. I've seen commercials pardon me while i uh flatter you a little bit Ooh. what i what i find so fascinating about this show is that you need a certain level of passion about what you're talking about to create a theme park of it right like you have True. to have investment in it mm-hmm. and what i find so fascinating is that like i i didn't <laughs> don't come at me on twitter i apologize <laughs> i didn't care about Yu-Gi-Oh. <gasps> i don't care about survivor but <gasps> Or I didn't mm-hmm. until I heard that. Aww. And once I heard somebody put passion into it and talk about the elements that they loved of these uh, of these properties and why, and how they were going to make a park out of it, I was like, oh, my God, I'm in. Like, I'm in 110%. Like, 
I never cared about Survivor. I thought it was dumb, to be honest. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you don't have to like everything, but then I think sure. you're right. Once once you make a theme park of it, it's like much more interesting. Well, and once I hear somebody who's passionate about it mm-hmm. talk about why they're passionate about it, I'm like, I get it. Yeah. Like, I get – like, you guys were talking about, like, the politics of it and, like, how, how you know, you strategize and, like, ooh, throw this person out. Ooh, but keep this person in. And, like, oh, we have to – this person has that skill set. Oh, I got to make sure that I'm friends with him. He's got an immunity idol. Look, I'm going to make it longer. I need this person to be there later in the tournament because he can't beat me, so I'm going to give him my immunity idol. I was like, dude, what? How did I not watch that show? Right, it's it's really great, and I think that that's the the key is getting a a guest on this podcast who's really into the topic, and that's why I have the guest pick the topic because if I assign it, I don't know if that magic is going to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. But then again, in that context, if I'm assigning it, it's probably something that I'm into, so that same magic might still happen. So I don't know. That's that's an interesting point, but I'm I'm glad that that has worked. I always feel like that going into a podcast. I'm like. This topic is like meh, and then when we're done, I'm like, yes, I want to watch more gummy bears. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to go listen to the Green Hill Manor album again. Yeah, I'm I'm always like that coming off of it. Like, I like this going in, but now I really love it and really value it after having that that you know kind of like impassioned conversation with someone about it. It's great, and and that's something I love for, about podcasts is just hearing people talk about something makes you not only understand more about it, but feel more interested in it just because they're interested in it and they seem like a cool person or you know they seem to have brought out some interesting points about that specific topic well if you're willing to like empathize you can like jump in someone's head for like a couple minutes and just be like oh i get how that could work it's appreciation it's understanding how to appreciate it this was a really fun episode to do i think we kind of broke the mold of doing them based on just cartoons and video games and got it to be based on a reality series with real people and sure it maybe parts of it are are played up in the editing of the show but it's there's something authentic to like every moment of the show whether it's the challenges where people are like being totally new athletes trying a totally new challenge or the social elements of it or even the political uh you know we have to go to tribal tonight kind of elements so there's a lot of reality in this reality show and i think that made a really fun park because uh, guess what? All of the guests are real. They're existing in their own reality. And I think it segues really smoothly. Whereas if you see Blue Eyes White Dragon, that might not make you feel like, oh yeah, this is something that I'm supposed to interact with. It takes you out of it a little bit. It does, absolutely. Um, but Survivor, you know, you see a big uh, net you have to climb up. You're like, oh, uh, crap, I have to do this. <laughs> like, yeah, totally the physical immersive. activity of it yeah. is, you know, that's going to leave you with a lot of memories. Mm-hmm. I, I want to have more of like the the rivalry and the sort of um, you know story arcs of people plotting against each other. I like the idea of like in between any given challenge, mm-hmm. have people like say like into a camera like I you know I think I'm gonna have to work with this person or get rid of them or I'm on top, and like have a professional like edit that like your day trip like. <sighs> Oh, you thought you were on top right before you lost. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's going to make some good copy. Those are always really great uh, clips of the show when it's, like, someone bragging about something and then immediately it cuts to them, like, failing horribly at it. Um, you have to keep this totally secret. Absolutely, <laughs> I swear. Did you hear? <laughs> <laughs> those are always the moments that make me just laugh out loud. I think it would be kind of fun for this park to make, like, to play up the kind of rivalry parts because when we recorded the episode, we talked a lot about having like an ongoing contest for people who are kind of in the middle of the island, the really intense, uh, more authentic experience. And then basically people on the outer ring are just kind of there for fun. It's more just like a carnival sort of thing, but it's all survivor based. But I thought it'd be kind of interesting to kind of try to build the tribe versus tribe mentality. If you could sign up for that, you know, so we've got a group of four, we need another group of four to play against. And then someone could kind of uh, plan that out, you know, if, okay, so there's eight of you total, You'll do a series of, you know, six challenges, and then at between each one, you'll have to vote somebody out. So something that's maybe more authentic to the series, um, but still something you can just kind of pick up and get into, like a pickup game of basketball instead of like a real NBA tournament. It's just like... And it's, it's so easy to establish that tribalism. Like, humans <laughs> are... This is what we do. Absolutely. There's a great comic online where, like, a guy just finds a little stick on the ground, and it just says, like... 
A or like Team A or something, and then he sees another guy with a stick that says Team B. He's like, "Wow, I hate that guy." <laughs> <laughs> it is so true. It's so easy for us to connect with people who we have like physical evidence. Okay, this person's like me, or you have evidence they're different than you. It's like, oh man, <laughs> that person's different. Yeah. Andrew, are you on red team or blue team? Uh, wow. Just in general. Yeah. I'm gonna say blue team. We're going to have a problem. Oh, crap. <laughs> you and I are going to fight now. <laughs> Drat. That's how easy it is. You know, I don't know if I want to work with someone who's on Red Team anyway. The thing that I like about it is, you know, being forced to do this physical stuff, but you still have to make that commitment to go to wherever this amusement park is. Mm -hmm. I almost like the idea of just putting a few of the best challenges on, like, like on a tractor trailer and driving around and setting it oh, up man. like a like a top, like a county fair kind of thing. Yeah, like that's a great bring idea. It to me, like bring <laughs> me the best ones. Let me, you know, I can I can have family politics at home. Give me, <laughs> give me the give challenges. Me the challenges. I think that's a good idea to add that into a carnival. Because um, I'm sure you could build them that are kind of collapsible. Because if you think about like the physical materials they need for each challenge, there's always like a an overhead shot of like, this is what the whole course looks like before they explain the rules. There's rarely that much material though, you know, towards the end, sure. There's like this huge, like pyramid they have to get on top of. Generally speaking, there's not a ton that goes into it. So you could do them uh, for not too much money without too much weight and, and travel around with them as a part of your, your carnival or whatever. You could make it out of cardboard. I don't care. Like, <laughs> I just want to climb on things. You could honestly set up survivor style challenges on every playground. You know what I mean? Yes. They're already there. They've already got the monkey bars. Just uh, add some, some flavor to it. Make it a Our, team challenge. The kids these days are weak. We need to train them age mm -hmm. five and up. We need to start that tribe mentality early so they can <laughs> use that as a motivator and uh, destroy the competition. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> Perfect. Green Hill Manor was built in 1954 and was a favorite family theme park until several riders mysteriously disappeared from a ride and were never seen again. Since then, Green Hill Manor has been notorious for its horrifying and mysterious past. Follow in the footsteps of the park's infamous ghosts with a stroll through the beautiful coastal town of Green Hill Point. Experience creepy thrill rides, a spooky boat tour, otherworldly light shows, and atmospheric dining. Welcome to Green Hill Manor, where the spirit of Halloween is always looming around you. Enter if you dare. Did you have any any thoughts about Green Hill Manor? I don't know if anybody caught it earlier, but I just recently went to Orlando. There's a Nemo ride in Epcot, which by and large is, uh, sorry to spoil it for anybody, pretty horrible. Ooh. But there was one part that was really cool in it where there were um, uh, painted puppets with ultraviolet lights, black light. Blacklight is what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. So that they glowed and you couldn't see the mechanics happening. Cool. But like the puppets moved in this like great way where it was like slightly organic and slightly mechanical at the same time. Wow. And I feel like the Frankenstein ride, like you could have like some fun, you know, almost like marionette style. You could get like physical comedy of like of a marionette or of like a puppet that's not super perfect. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fun. It's almost it's like more cartoony. You know how like cartoon characters like knees move in weird ways and that kind of thing. I, I think that's a good thing for a, a children's ride, which is what this is kind of supposed to be. So so I'm all about that. Yeah, make it a little bit more cartoony, a little bit more floppy, a little more Muppets. I think that sounds great. I had never heard of this before the episode they were on. And I was kind of immediately taken with it. And like the idea of of making something through music like conveying that entire emotion just through music brilliant it's like it's like a concept album which i always think is are way more fun than a regular just like musical album it's like there's a purpose for this it's telling a story and yeah. in the case of green hill manor it's it's building a park just through the sounds of the park it's really cool that you can use the language of music to tell a story with no words whatsoever like that's some next level art, man. That was cool. Was there anything you'd like to, to work on? I know this one's maybe a little bit more precious and harder to uh, to tweak than the others. I do like the idea of, you know, the theme park appearing to go haywire. Like, that's built in. Yeah, there's some, like, controlled chaos to it, which I, I have not seen much in, in theme parks. They want to stay away from the chaos. And I feel like there's, like, the extra care about this just because 
if if the conceit is that it's scary, you know, you may have some small children who would be, you know, traumatized, or some older people who might have, you know, some heart of chokes. But heart <laughs> of chokes is that not what the term is? I'm not <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good concern. I do appreciate you looking out for the guests. Maybe it'd be good to have on the the sign for each attraction. You know, maybe in small print somewhere or with a an emblem that says. Something might go wrong with his attraction, wink, wink. There are some, uh, you know, like haunted houses done at, like, uh, old abandoned penitentiaries, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my co-host and brother, Ben, has gone to a, a couple of them uh, before. And what you do is, if you're okay with getting, like, grabbed out of nowhere and sent down dark alleys, like, on your own spooky adventure, you just, you just like, wear, like, a glow stick, and they know, ah. like, okay there's the meat wow that's a cool idea so you could definitely do that here yeah totally (laughs) like oh you want to go on the uh you know the the ghost train okay you're wearing a glow stick what if you went underneath the ghost train (laughs) that'd be awesome (laughs) yeah that's really cool for something like our carousel which our carousel was like pretty scary for a carousel um and at a certain point one of the horses just kind of breaks loose and just goes flying off the the carousel because it's kind of teetering and rotating quickly it'd be kind of fun if if you know you've got the glow stick on they're like you should sit on this uh you know this really dark scary horse over here if you want the, like a next level ride and <clears throat> a certain point you know there's a part where you know a, a series of pulleys or whatever just kind of yanks that part of the traction off and you get to go on your own little vehicle just riding on so a horse <laughs> sidecar <laughs> be pretty wild it'd be fun to uh to try to design that because that's some some crazy stuff yeah yeah you, you need people who are like engineer artists mm-hmm. like people who are very disciplined and analytical but also just a little unhinged <laughs> you know send them through the Yu-Gi-Oh one a couple of times and then <laughs> they'll be ready absolutely once you've once you've defeated the Yu-Gi-Oh like tournament and you've discovered the secrets of the ancient gods you've been to atlantis this is how you get the job if, if you want to work <laughs> at the green hill manor designing park part pieces you have to be the Yu-Gi-Oh champion of the day first yeah so i saw i saw the application online but uh it says i have to become the the, the ultimate duel duelist master. <laughs> yeah the dual master we call them uh, how many thank you how many blue eyes white dragons do you have <laughs> Let me look at your references. Oh, Exodia. Oh, wow. Uh, Right this way, sir. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Anything else for Green Hill Manor? Um, So I understand that there's a park marching band. Mm, Indeed, yes. Are these skeletons? Uh, We never discussed what they would look like. I'm sure that the the guys have thought about this, Will and Wendell, but I imagine them kind of looking like... uh, the Black Parade from My Chemical Romance, where it's kind of skeletal marching band kind of motifs. But okay. you never know. It could be like a ragtag crew. There could be some, some trolls and some ghouls and I don't know. Yeah, I pictured I pictured the band from uh, Corpse Bride. Oh, nice. You know, with just sort of that manic energy, skeletons playing on the ribs, you know, trombones made out of bones, yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> that movie is based on puns. <laughs> If you take a band and make them skeletons, I can't think of a single instrument that wouldn't look better that way. Absolutely. That's that's what we're all aspiring to, I think. All, all bands should just be skeletons. Unleash your inner skeleton. Yeah, did you ever think about we're all just kind of piloting skeletons covered in meat armor? Uh, we are the meat. <laughs> that's the new Arby's uh, slogan, I think. <laughs> oh, Arby's, we are the meat. <laughs> what, what does that mean? Like we were the best at meat? No, it you know what it's right as it says on the sign. We, we are, are the meat. <laughs> I have a couple things. Um, I would love to explore the idea of the Frankendine restaurant. One thing that I I think I mentioned this on the episode. Like I love the idea of having just theming on everything, and that includes the restaurants because I feel like even Disney sometimes goes a little half-heartedly <laughs> on this. Right. Just go all at it. You're Disney, you know, just plus everything. And I think that's what we would do with anything in the park. So at least with Frank and Dying, like I said, you know, have have beakers, have instruments, you know, have some movies, have some screenings, you know, have like some scary films playing. Every now and then you could have an alarm go off. The ghost train goes past overhead and, you know, fake dust comes down from the ceiling and the tables rattle. They're all kind of mechanically armed and, you know, just, just really, really... Plus it, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that 
is something that isn't maybe done enough in theme parks, you know? I mean, if you've got some theming, like, link as much of them as possible together, you know? So, yeah. Giant floating seeds pull you from reality as they whisk you off to the giant, bustling epicenter of your journey, tree. Will you choose to align with tech, nature, or will you ride the balance in between? Interact with the inhabitants of tree and other park guests to forge your own story and path. Each individual's experience is different. Your journey may lead you to exploring outer space or to caves and underground lakes. Use these experiences to uncover the resources and the hidden secrets behind the sci-fi world of tree. You know what? I don't want to mess with this because the creators made something so perfect. <laughs> it's totally precious. And so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this one is different in the fact that there was nothing there when we started talking. And even like a third of the way through the episode, there's still nothing there. Like we created something out of nothing. Come at us, bro. We, we burped and something came out. On the third day, he burped. <laughs> I wonder if that's how God views, you know, all of creation. It's like, yeah, I burped. A long time ago. I remember that, guys. I don't know why you're making such a big deal of it. <laughs> it's a freaking burp. <laughs> it's a freaking burp, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah what's, what city is God from if he has to have an accent? Boston. <laughs> it's a Bostonian. <laughs> dude, you see the sock? I was roofing the universe the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody caught it earlier in the podcast. I was in Orlando. Uh, I went to uh, the the Pandora thing, right, mm-hmm, in Animal mm-hmm. Kingdom, and I went on the Avatar ride. Not to spoil too much, but it's insane. Cool. And they did, like, a signature Disney move that, like, drives me insane where um, – I'm not going to give away too much. But at one point you're flying over, a uh, like, a stampede of some kind, and you smell dirt. Wow. <laughs> that's awesome so i feel like the the different sections of this treat like you could have something like that where like so you get you go up in the 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 seed and it it melts away you walk into to solve your puzzle right and like you're you get this like full sensory there's movement of lights there's like a scent so you just kind of like touch everything except taste no, that's really cool. But then we did talk about having the the food area where you learn about how food is made in this futuristic society that fully embraces nature. So mm. there is the taste element. And, and the smell could be, you know, kind of like natural smells. Like, you know, so this, the smell of dirt, like you said, or like um, sliced tomatoes or whatever. Um, that'd be yeah. really interesting if it's like, you know, the different areas kind of smell like, even if it's just different kinds of trees, you know, this, this huge future tree, maybe it's um, kind of like, a hybrid of several different types of trees. So certain passages smell like pine. Is there anything else you want to add to tree? I don't know. I feel like there's nothing overarching that we can add to it aside from getting specific. Right, you know? right. I think the next, the most substantial additions we could do would be to get more granular with it, get into the next stage of of developing, which is not what we're here to do. So we don't need to worry yeah, about it Yeah, we right would now. just write the young adult novels. I really want to, though. That sounds awesome. Uh tree where this is brilliant <laughs> it was it was a fun idea <laughs> sorry i don't mean to cut you off no this you're totally fine idea right here. i mean nick robes is a pretty cool guy and i was like okay do you have an idea for your the park and he's like uh no i just don't really want to have one i'm like let's just make something up and i'm like okay i'm down i trust you i love that everyone who meets nick robes is just like yeah you can do whatever you want <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have no problem with that yeah i can't see it going badly so uh yeah let's go for it yeah, there's a lot of different kind of sci-fi tropes that kind of feed into this. And I think that's kind of fun to see how each each park guest can kind of bring their own sci-fi baggage with them, their own opinions on how this should go. It's almost like a it's like a role-playing game almost. Like you have to take the role of a character in a story that hasn't been told yet. And I think that's really fascinating. And there's always that conflict between those sides and you can have them interact. So like okay, last time you decided to go on the nature path and you got a little souvenir, like mm-hmm. a little glowing rock or whatever, and you meet up with somebody who's going like tech tech route or like they're like, oh, I want to go on the more technological sci-fi missions or whatever, and you're like, can't you see that this is the better way? You hold up the little glowing rock and they're like, oh, that's, you know, that's very interesting and they have their own like LED thing. That's awesome. I really love that. That's a really fun interplay and I think that 
having each person be able to choose their own path and their own um, their own kind of alignment within that spectrum between nature yeah. and technology is is cool and it creates a lot of conversations i believe and, and kind of tribe mentality as well if you think of what it would look like to be inside of a tree it would be like nothing you've ever seen before right but actually like going through the xylem and phloem and all that and and i can imagine like you know how would you interact with a, a giant animatronic you know termite or, or something or uh, or even like a creature not from earth that you've never seen before too it's not like you have an action figure of this character already it's like what the heck is that thing and it's asking me questions like you have to respond as yourself in that character almost it's not like i'm buzz lightyear and i'm going to star command it's like i guess i'm me i don't know what's even happening like i'm in the tree and this guy's talking to me i have to figure out what to do it's yeah. almost it, it's almost like you could use this as a form of like therapy to like get outside yourself and see what you and what humanity looks at like from the outside wow i i love the idea of human as like just another science fiction race yes oh i'm so <laughs> i love that i love uh when humans aren't the top dog anymore because that's such an alien thing to us it's so much more exciting to think that way okay um you know I've, I've i've hit a branch point in my mission i can go one of these different ways and to go through this route i get to choose from you know one of three different you know items and you like attach a, a bracelet onto your wrist and now like you have like armored forearms or something or like yes. oh you need the little antenna things and like you become wow. more of your own type of creature as you progress like just aesthetically but you can really get into the mindset dude i love that that kind of takes certain elements from like uh the dungeons and dragons episode forgotten realms yeah. that we did where where you kind of pick your class like you pick what kind of tools you're going to be using through your journey but this is even cooler than that because it's a totally an original ip so you weren't like <laughs> you know dwarves are cool i want to be like gimli or whatever constrained. yeah you're not constrained you're like well i guess i have an antenna now like my guy looks all goofy now i need to get some <laughs> some cool swords or something I, I i love the idea of each person being able to tell their own story there and experience their own story. And so then kind of like we talked about with the survivor thing, like when you leave, there's a premium option of getting, here's your story, your survivor story. They'd be like, this is what you looked like when you first entered here. You aligned with this person. They can kind of tell your story based on your path through the park. Like they can tell which, which choice you made during the story and which characters you gravitated towards and who you were teammates with and who your rivals were. And they can incorporate that all into a story that's unique every time you go back. And you like write a diary entry in the mindset of your of your person. Yeah, and that can carry forward in the park um, where the next person who goes through, you know, maybe they read your diary entry as they're going through the same training you went through. They're like, oh, uh, you can uncover, you know, uh, someone's journal like in this deep, dark part of the tree. You're like, wow, this is actually compiled of several different guests' uh, journal entries, but... It sounded enough like the same voice that they, they made a, a, an actual artifact in the park. That'd be awesome. For a mission, you could have, like, a room with with a little bit of water, and it's like, oh, I got to get to whatever thing in the middle. So you can say, like, I don't mind my feet getting wet, you know, or, like, let me put on these little stilts. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, there's handholds around the side. Let me get this grabo extendo arm and just, like, sort of <laughs> augmenting yourself over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the idea of your characters evolving is really unusual and really interesting as well. And it totally fits with the kind of sci-fi technology theme. Uh, also, I think that action figures could be really cool if, if they can uh, build it from pieces. Print. Right, right. We know that you've got eye stalks. You're this height. This is what your face looks like. There's your action figure. It's <laughs> <That's> amazing. <laughs> Even if it's basically just like Legos where the, they custom print the head, you know, it's like this guy's got stilts and that guy's got cicada wings we can just kind of snap those pieces on and uh there you yeah. go 20 bucks collectors like people who keep going back to build up their own little armies of me's that i could be <laughs> that's, oh, that's awesome great. yeah this would make a cool video game too i think uh where yeah. you get to choose your own path and instead of just like i have to get this tool to let me do this thing i can kind of evolve to do this thing that's awesome yeah the first thing i thought of was rivendell from uh just from an aesthetic uh sort of point of view you know the way like if, if you guys remember how rivendell looked in uh spe specifically the fellowship of the ring um where everything just seemed to be growing 
you know, all their all their buildings and like their their stairways and just everything seemed to be sort of, you know, the rooms are kind of growing out of the tree and like things like that. That's the only thing I think I could add to it. Any sort of uh, facility you need seems to have been grown from from within this tree. All right, dude. Um, Nick, thank you for being on the show. As always, an honor and a privilege, sir. Well, listeners, uh, we owe this guy something. So if you haven't listened to What's With You, Scooby-Doo, check it out. Let's do this. Dot com with two O's. <laughs> I love that URL. It's so good. Uh, Zane, thank you so much for being on the Season 2 Remodels and Renovations. My pleasure. Listeners, if you guys haven't checked out Cartoncast, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Get it together. Come on. It's a, it's a really fun show. Yeah, get it together. <laughs> We're so lonely. <laughs> wow, did you hear that? That was true desperation. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thanks for having us, man. If you are intrigued with uh, anything we've talked about particularly related to, to Green Hill Manor and our albums and you know you you have some ideas or, or, or anything at all that you would like to share with us you know feel free to send us an email anytime sightyoursound at gmail.com I mean you can find um, all our social media links sightyoursoundtheater.com so head on over there um, you know discover more of our albums there might be something in there that you you know really latch on to um and we'd love to hear from you we we appreciate every one of you listening not just to the podcast but to our music and and, and contributing that way so um please do so and um we love each and every one of you listeners thank you for being with me through two whole seasons it's so exciting this show's been so much fun to do uh i will be returning november 6th with season three of amusement sparks uh, just expect the production quality to keep getting better and better. And uh, stay tuned to AmusementSparks.com or our Facebook slash Reddit pages. Uh, there should be some news coming out in the next few months about upcoming podcasts. And uh, Amusement Sparks also making the transition onto YouTube. It'll continue to be distributed, of course, through your regular podcast channels. But just trying to reach out a little bit more and uh, add some visual elements to the, the show as well. So November 6th, Season 3 premiere. But there will be some fun stuff between now and then. It's not like I'm going to be taking a break, really. I'll just be working on different aspects of the show. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for your support for these past uh, 12 episodes. And if you want to do the show a solid, uh, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes. Just go to iTunes, search Amusement Sparks, click the podcast, and uh, click write a review. That would help out a lot. Uh, Yeah, thank you so much for listening. You guys are awesome.